Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 211, which we are recording on Friday, January 31st, 2020. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And we wanted to start by saying thank you to everybody for the lovely comments we got in the Ravelry group for episode number 200, or or no, our eighth anniversary episode. Yes. 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 And it was really fun to hear about listeners' personal trips around the world. Some people had, re- some people wrote in their comments about their surprise when they looked at where their patterns had come from mm-hmm. and where the designers had come from and how- their surprise that so many of their patterns were from around the world. Right. So that was neat. <laughs> yep, I have another pattern I'm working on in my lap that is from a UK designer. So yeah, it happens. So it thank does. you, everybody. It's nice, nice to feel the love, especially on your anniversary. Yes. And the weather here is unseasonably warm. So I'm not wearing a sweater because it's in the 70s, but you are. What are you wearing? I am. I'm wearing my Puntia sweater right now. This is a pullover designed by Hohi Locatelli, and I have to say I love this sweater. So if cute. I were out and about and in the sunshine, I probably would not be wearing it, but since I have been indoors sitting at the computer, I stayed a little chilly today, so I am still wearing my sweater. I did change up one thing on the Pujia sweater as designed by Hohi The pattern has lace cuffs and a lace hem, which is actually done in a contrasting yarn to give it a layered look. And for some reason, I wasn't feeling lacy at the time. (laughs) (laughs) And I changed it up and just did ribbing. You were feeling ribby? I guess I was. (laughs) So there's a little bit of contrast color ribbing on my cuffs and on my hem And I really like that look. It looks layered. It looks, somebody said to me that, oh, are you wearing two sweaters? No, I'm not wearing two sweaters. It's just an interesting way to finish my hem. Super cute. And I might want to do this on another sweater because really I could use this treatment on any sweater. Yep. It's kind of cool. So I may do that again. And you are not wearing a sweater. I'm not wearing a sweater, but I have been wearing my Blue Sands cardigan a lot lately, which Mm. was something I finished towards the end of last year. A cardi by La Maison Rilil. We, each time one of you, Charlie (laughs) or I, says her name, we both kind of have a questioning sound in our voice because we're not quite sure how to pronounce it. But loving that cardigan so much lately, it's a combination of lace weight yarn held doubled with mohair silk lace weight yarn. And it's just such a warm, light layer that's so soft on your skin. And I'm also today wearing, I have to mention this because it kind of ties to knitting. My t-shirt says, always be yourself unless you can be a llama corn. Then always be a llama corn. Mike got me this t-shirt and it's adorable. It's a llama with a unicorn tail. I'm sorry, unicorn horn and a tail in rainbow. And, you know, llama, alpaca. I'm going to stretch. And there is yarn with llama in it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. It's a very warm fiber. Right. So I can kind of tie that to knitting. So even though it's not a sweater, I'm wearing something knitting related. Yes. Cascade used to make... A yarn called Pastaza. Oh, I remember that. That yarn. I believe was llama. I can't remember remember if it was llama and wool or llama and alpaca, but it was a very, very warm yarn. That's what I remember about llama yarn. <laughs> yeah, didn't you make a sweater in that and then you ended up not wearing it very much because it was so warm? I did. Yeah. And then I ripped it and made another sweater, I believe. Although I can't remember what was the second sweater. Or maybe it's still in my stash. I can't remember. I'll have to look. Good question. Yeah, now now you started the, the fantasy stuff diving. Yes. And what have you been stocking? This is like we have had about four weeks since the last quote yes, normal and we have episode. So we have all sorts of stuff to talk we about. We do. It's exciting. Yes. So I have been stocking a new collection called Stitch Three Together which was published by three indie dyers, Kim Dyes Yarn, Lola Bean Yarn Company, and Destination Yarn. And the fun thing is that 
I've met the designer of this sweater. You and I met her at an event. Her name is Afifa, and she designed a pullover for the collection called Run the World. I haven't seen the pattern yet, but as I understand it, it uses three colors, one from each of the indie dyers that sponsored the collection, and it is knit side to side, which is kind of different and kind of cool. Mm -hmm. I have knit... A couple of side-to-side garments in the past, and it's always kind of interesting and different. Yeah, I want to try one eventually. There are a couple we've stocked, not in the too distant past, that are potentials. So this sweater is a little boxy, and so since it's knit side-to-side, the sleeves are part of the same fabric as the body, and it has what I call... I was explaining this to Gail. It has a traveling pants vibe. (laughs) Now, what are the traveling pants? If you've never heard of it, heard of the traveling pants, it was a series of books written by Anne Brashares several years ago. I want to say over 10 years ago. It was. And in the first book, the group of friends finds this pair of jeans that fits all of them equally well. Now, they're all different sizes and shapes, but somehow the pants manage to fill out and fit everybody. And they look completely different on everybody, but it's the same pair of pants. It's very cool. Yes. (laughs) And so this sweater was photographed for the pattern page on each of the indie tires from each of the three yarn companies and it's the same sweater and it looks fabulous on all three same size on three different yes yeah so of course that caught my eye just the whole idea of that it fits differently on each of them but it still looks equally fabulous (laughs) so you know that if you see a sweater that looks equally fabulous on three very different body types it's it has a better chance of looking hopefully equally fabulous on my body type. (laughs) So I am interested in this. And of course, the unique construction catches my eye. The sweater is knit in sport weight yarn. And I need to think about this one because, like I said, it uses yarn from each of the designers. So that's three different colors. And you can kind of pick three different colors that somehow complement each other. They obviously shouldn't match, but the designer says that you can use speckles, you can use multicolors, and it sounds very cool. So that is Run the World, designed by Afifa. And the second thing I have been stocking is a sweater called Tune by Onkestrick. This one is also a fairly new pattern and it is a ribbed tunic and it has wide ribs that go the length of the tunic. And so, like I said, it's a tunic. It's already long, but some of the projects that are up on Ravelry, people have lengthened it even more to make it into a dress. And it looks so fantastic. It's really cute. I want to knit it, but I don't like knitting ribbing that much. Mm. The whole thing is ribbing. But it's really wide ribbing. So it's not like going knit two, purl two, knit two, purl two. It's probably more like five or six, something like that. If that makes a difference, I don't know. But it just looks so fantastic on everyone. There's something about those the vertical lines, and I love it. I love it. It's really just a basic basic sheath dress. But some of the finished projects, they show the garment over leggings, and it looks fabulous. They show it over jeans, and it looks fabulous. They show it just worn alone as a dress. I think it's really versatile Mm -hmm. and cool, and I like it. (laughs) It is really cute. So that is Tune by Onkastrick. And then the last thing I am stocking is something called the Cozy Pullover. And it's by a designer named Yulina Murak. 
And the designer name was familiar to me because it's spelled E-W-E-L-I-N-A. So you, as in the female sheep. So that name sounded familiar. So I looked through our podcast blog to see if and when we had stalked this designer. And I was completely shocked and floored, completely shocked to find that it had been four years since I had stalked a top by this designer. She designed a lace t-shirt that I quite like. And that one is called Sunny. And I cannot believe that it was four years ago because I clearly remember looking at this pattern thinking it was very pretty. And it's a little frightening to think that that moment was four years yeah, ago. But, flies, right? <laughs> yes. yep. but the cozy pullover has that sweatshirt appeal, but it's much more stylish. It has garter stitch panels on the front and back and garter along the raglan increases. It has a funnel neck and a very slight angling of the front so there is a slight angle of the front hem so the front hem goes up a little bit well the front of the sweater goes up a little bit and then visually longer on the sides that I like Mm -hmm. I tend to like interesting hemlines like that I guess so (laughs) and interesting construction and interesting construction that is true so that is the cozy pullover by Eulina Murak how about you, Gail? What have you been stalking? Well, I have a few that I've been stalking. And the first one, this time last year, I was doing the same thing where I was thinking, what's going to be the sweater I knit for Olivia, my granddaughter, this mm-hmm. year? Mm-hmm. And over the indie gift along phase, where all of the indie designers did discounts for bundles for the month between Thanksgiving and Christmas. One of the designers I really like, Tori Gerbreitz, had some of her patterns at a discount. And one of the patterns was the Kids Coastal Hoodie. Oh. Name probably sounds familiar, right? The name right? sounds familiar. Because <laughs> I knit the Coastal Hoodie for myself many, many years ago. And I still love it. It is a top-down raglan-shaped hoodie with stripes. And mine that I knit for myself is light gray with stripes of bright pink and dark gray, I think, and a bright, pretty light blue. And I saw the kids version and thought, I must knit this for Olivia. Are you going to make a matching one? Exactly. You knew where this was going. (laughs) So I've been texting with Alex about sweaters because I haven't knit her a sweater yet. And after she received the Wee Malia, which I'll talk about in a little while, they, they being everybody she knows, thought it was so cute. And Aww. then when I said, well, you know, they have an adult version of that sweater. She said, oh my gosh. And I said, well, the only problem is you can't have matching Malia's because by the time I knit one for you, Olivia will have grown out of hers. So I need to strategize and knit sweaters that will match where I can knit a large enough size for Olivia that you will both be able to wear them at the same time. And when I had sent her the pattern for Kids Coastal Hoodie back in December, she said, oh my gosh, stripes. I love stripes. So I think I'll be shopping for yarn for this at Stitches. It's actually, it calls for sport weight yarn, but I think I might just do fingering. And I think it has to be grays and burgundies. So burgundy's the thing with Olivia because she looks so good in it. Yeah. And I think that, yes, I may knit matching sweaters for the two of them, which uh, it feels kind of overwhelming to say that, (laughs) but it would be so cute in the end. So it's a possibility. Well, actually, when I said matching sweaters, I meant a matching sweater for Olivia that would match your sweater. (laughs) grandma and granddaughter matching sweaters. Oh, goodness gracious. No, I'm not knitting three of them. Because if I knit one for myself and for Olivia, Alex will be very distraught. Say, hey, what about mine? Come on now. So there you go. Kids Coastal Hoodie by Tori Gerbreitz, and it's adorable. The next thing I'm stocking is a really, really cute and simple hat. It's called Twist Miss by Espace Tricot. 
It's a free pattern, which I believe all of their patterns may be free on Ravelry. I'm 99% sure of that. And this one is fingering weight held doubled with mohair silk lace. And it's a very, very simple hat, twisted rib cuff or brim. And then the body of the hat is twisted rib, but like the tune sweater you just said, mm-hmm. it's very wide, like probably 10 pearl stitches and then a twisted knit, I'm guessing. So the vertical lines of twisted rib are very well spaced apart. And it's so cute. And I can just imagine it in all the different colors with all of my leftover fingering and mohair silk lace. So lots of opportunities there. And I can also see myself making that as a ponytail hat or Mm -hmm. messy bun hat as they're frequently called. So that's Twistmas by A Space Tricot. And I'm also stocking a Kate Davies sweater. And I've knit some Kate Davies sweaters. And I really have always liked her designs. And I like the fact that she has mental illness, which she speaks very forthrightly about. And she's had some really challenging health crises in her life that she has overcome. That just she's a very, very strong person. So... The idea of supporting her makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And this particular sweater is called Duco, which is, let's see, she lives in Scotland, I believe. I believe so. I think yes. so. She always has these amazing pictures where <laughs> she's on a lock or near a lock and just, she's amazing, amazing photography. I think her partner is a photographer. And Duco means either a dovecoat where your doves sleep or any snuggly warm place. So I thought the name was kind of cool. And it's a DK weight cropped sweater with raglan shaping. And it just looks like a really cute layering piece. And I think it's kind of, it reminds me of the weekender. It's very Mm -hmm. different from the weekender, but that same kind of would be the same place in your wardrobe. Yes, I understand. Yeah. So (laughs) it's just super cute. And that's Duco by Kate Davies. And I do have some DK sweater quantities in my stash that could easily become that sweater nice. because it because it's cropped it doesn't take that much yarn mm-hmm. and I wouldn't make it super cropped it would be probably high hip on me but I still yeah. think I have enough of the yarn to pull that off cool yeah so those are the patterns I've been stocking here at the Yarniacs podcast we just love Lolo Body Care's skincare products from their moisturizer that fits our Yarniac lifestyle to their artisan handcrafted soap and their fan favorite face pudding, we've enjoyed their products over the years. Formerly known as Barmaids, Lolo Body Care has always cared about the environment, using all natural, paraben-free ingredients in their products. They've recently redesigned their packaging to be more sustainable and eco-friendly than ever before. For Yarniac listeners only, Lolo Body Care has offered a 10% discount on orders in the month of January 2020 to kick the year off right. Use discount code YARNIACS2020 when checking out to get your 10% discount. But hurry as the coupon expires at midnight tonight. Let's support the small business that is now supporting the Yarniacs while supporting small local farms, fair trade organizations, and our environment every single day. Go to lolobodycare.com, that's L-O-L-O bodycare.com, to see all their great products and the wonderful mission behind them. You know what's really cool? Kismet (laughs) is the owner of Lolo, and she's a really nice, nice person. And she had emailed me recently and said that Quite a few people came up to her booth at Vogue Knitting Live and said they heard about her on the podcast. So thank you to everybody who is letting our sponsors know where you heard about them. Yes, that's very helpful. Very, very helpful for all of us. Thank you very much. Yeah, so go Lolo. All right, so what are you knitting? Okay, I've been spending a good amount of time working on a new pattern that actually Gail should join me in this because Gail <laughs> and I both cast it on. It's called Sorrel, and it's a pattern by Wool and Pine. And it's a new 
pattern that because of the holidays and our special anniversary episode, we never properly stocked it either. We just went straight from pattern release to casting on. (laughs) With great delight and enthusiasm. Exactly. Sorrel is a pullover that is knit in fingering and mohair held together, one strand of each. It uses a slip stitch technique that is called a dip stitch in the pattern where you create an elongated stitch. And that elongated stitch extends over several rounds of your fabric. So it looks like a very big knit stitch yeah. almost. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. I've used something similar on other projects. I know that I've used something similar on a shawl and a hat, and I actually really like the look. I think it comes out very cool. And the pattern, if you purchase the pattern, you get a link to a video that the designer has put up to help you create this special stitch. So there's pattern support as well, which is very nice. And you know that you are doing the stitch correctly after watching the video, which is helpful because I read the description and I thought, okay, I think I'm doing it right. But it was very nice to see it on the video to feel confident. Well, and I'd never done that stitch before or a variant of it. So I watched the video before I even attempted it. Yeah, I thought that was cool. And one thing, the pattern is a top-down pullover, and it's a yoked sweater. So yes, these it is. elongated stitches or dip stitches are worked while you're working the yoke. So it's interesting enough to keep you occupied, yeah. and it's fun so far. It has been. You're doing the increases as you get larger on the yoke, and some of the samples on Ravelry have been faded into different colors, which looks very cool as well. Yeah, Yeah. I'm not purposefully fading mine. Mine will kind of, I'm using hand-dyed yarn, so there's going to be some variation. It may look a little faded, or if I run out of yarn, it may be faded. But (laughs) (laughs) Well, one other thing I wanted to mention in terms of pattern support. So when I first started stocking it, because they put the pattern on Ravelry weeks before they actually released it. Oh, that's right. So Yeah, so I'd been looking at it for quite a while. And then when they released it, they added a lot more pictures to the pattern page on Ravelry. And in their written description, I didn't see specific yard, let's see, specific yardage requirements for different sizes. So I PM'd the designer. I've actually went through the comments section on the pattern page and asked for, asked them to add yardage requirements to the description. And after I did that, I read the other comments. Should have done that first. (laughs) Someone else had made the same comment, and the designer said, there are pictures of that. Scroll down through the pictures in the pattern page, and there are two different pictures, one with the yardage requirements and one with the sizes, I think. So we had talked about this in our Picking Patterns episode recently, where it's good to know the yardage. So they did it by posting it in a picture. So, but she did respond to my query within an hour. So I think it's a really good sign that the designers are on it because it's a combination of two designers, kind of like tin can knits. So it was just impressive to me that she, one of them responded so quickly with pattern support that way too. So that gives me good feelings about the the pattern being well-written and tested and things like that. And I'm using Dragonfly Fibers. Pixie, which is their single ply fingering, and their fairy, which is their mohair silk lace weight, both in the same color, which is redbud, which is a beautiful, slightly tonal pink. Think of the redbud trees that flower during spring, and mm-hmm. that's what this colorway is. It is <laughs> beautiful. And I am using a fingering weight yarn from Western Sky Knits. In, let's see, it's the Magnolia Sock Base, which is a merino cashmere nylon. So it's very soft and squishy. And I am pairing that with Rowan Kid Silk Haze. Love the fabric. Love the feel. Mm -hmm. It's very nice. (laughs) So that is Sorrel by Woolen Pine. And 
since both of us are knitting it, you'll be hearing updates on that for a few more episodes, I am sure. Yep. It's a really fun knit so far. So I far, have yes. not finished the yoke yet. There are three different charts that you go through for the yoke before you separate the sleeves, but you're farther along than I am. I just separated. So I'm, yeah, I'm getting to the the easy part once you're done with the patterning and then it's basically stockinette in the round. Yep. <laughs> and it's a self-indulgent knit-along project it is, for us. very yeah. much so. So what else are you needing besides sorrel? On hold right now is my Daw pullover sweater, which is a pattern by Amy Miller. And it's just in timeout. I'm just not sure about this one anymore. I described it when I was working on it as a big rectangle. And I kind of felt when I put it on like it was just a big rectangle. So I need to try it on again when I'm in a better mood mm. and see if it will be worth continuing. I'll just have to reevaluate because when I go back and look at completed sweaters, I think, oh, no, they're quite cute. It looks good on. We'll see. You bring it to stitches and then you can try it on for various people and, and that's get true. feedback. That's true. That might help. So that is the Daw pullover sweater. I'm also working on a cowl designed by Helen Stewart. It's a pattern from the 2017 Knit Vent collection. 2017? Yeah. Oh my I looked it gracious. up. It's called Land of Sweets and it is made for scraps or using advent calendar minis. I decided to go neither route, neither of those routes, and I'm just using a single skein that I have wanted to use for this pattern for a long, long time, but I kept putting it off because I was looking for something to pair it with so that I could at least alternate. But then when I looked at the pattern, I kind of thought maybe I don't want my cowl to be as tall as that one is anyway, because it is a very, very tall cowl. Mm -hmm. It, I think it uses the equivalent of two skeins of fingering white yarn, so approximately 800 yards right. to make a very, very tall cowl. So I probably wouldn't want mine that tall anyway, so I'm just going for it. I'm using the candy skein yarn that I had saved for it and I'm just going for it using it straight up and making the cow. Which and candy skein colorway? It is I would have to look it's one that I've had for a while that I wanted to use for this. So you've had that designated for that? I have but I was looking time. for something to use with it. It's called Gumball Love. Oh, I have that one too. I think, you, yes. I think several people we know do. <laughs> that was a popular one. In fact, I think it's this one right here. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so that is the Land of Sweets Cowl by Helen Stewart. What are you knitting, Gail? In my hands right now is my third Bits and Bobs blanket patterned by Kay Jones of the Bakery Bears. I knit a baby-sized version of this for Olivia before she was born, and then I knit a throw-sized version of it when she was, I don't know, four or five months old that I gave to them. And now I'm knitting one for myself because my log cabin blanket that I knit several years ago is actually Lucy's blanket. Lucy <laughs> is my black lab dog. And for a few months, I was kind of going back and forth in my head about well, no, she doesn't get my knit blanket. And then around Christmas time, I was thinking, well, why should I consider her to be any different than some of the loved ones I knit things for? <laughs> and some of you who aren't animal people are probably thinking that's insane, but I love my dog a lot. So it just made sense that, okay, yes, I'm going to designate this blanket as Lucy's blanket. <laughs> and the dog literally will sit there and look at the couch and look at me and look at the blanket and look at the couch and look at me and look at the blanket until I set the blanket out just oh, wow. right on the couch for her so she can get up and lay on top of her blanket on the couch. She's very spoiled. Nice. So I decided that's Lucy's blanket and I need my own blanket that doesn't smell like dog. <laughs> so I'm knitting my third Bits and Bobs, which is a fisherman's rib type 
stitch. So it's super thick and squishy and fluffy and warm. And it's knit with two strands of fingering weight yarn held together. And I recently, in the giant Mad Tosh sale, bought some yarn. And one of the colorways I got, I didn't really like. It's Tosh Merino Light Hollow, or Holo, H-O-L-O, which is Tosh Merino Light with an iridescent spec or glitter in it. Kind of think of Stellina, but kind of... But not Stellina. But not Stellina. It's different it's, from Stellina. Yeah, it's not metallic. It is... It reminds me of the kind of icicle tinsel we used to throw on the Christmas tree. Yes. That was iridescent. Yes, because it... Is iridescent. Sometimes it looks green and sometimes it looks pink. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, it has both those colors. I think it, it does. <laughs> and it's not... It's a dark gray background. I think it's panther maybe. I don't remember it right now what the colorway name is. But I looked at it and thought, you know, I don't want to wear a sweater that looks like that. And I thought about de-stashing it. And then I got the idea that I wanted to knit myself a blanket. And Charlene had said, you know, that might look really good doubled with something. So because Charlene is brilliant, (laughs) I went through my giant collection of minis and scraps of fingering weight, took out all the pretty colors that I like and cast on. And now I'm on my fourth of four skeins of the background color, that gray iridescent, which looks very pretty with all of the scraps that I've done. And I kind of went, started with blues and then went into pinks and then into teals. And I'm kind of, it's not a fade necessarily, but it's, I'm keeping my colors grouped together and it just looks so pretty. It really does. And I love it. Isn't it gorgeous? The yes. iridescence is very muted. It's held very toned down yeah. when paired with another strand of yarn. It's tolerable that way. <laughs> and it's not scratchy. You can't feel it in the yarn. But when it was by itself, you could sure see it. And it sheds a lot too. That filament yeah, stuff sheds that's... a lot. Because I mean, look at my pants. I've got little yeah, of stuff And that's all over different myself. because Stellina yarns don't normally shed. Usually shed. Yeah. At least not like this. This does leave little pieces of sparkle everywhere. It's, I it's wound, different. I wound a couple of skeins of it at the local yarn store when Charlene was working. And I got down on my hands and knees and like wiped it up off the floor because when I was winding, they were just flying everywhere. So it was like a gl- someone threw a glitter bomb in there. But I'm also using the candy skein Gumball, Gumball Love. Gumball Love as my in between the different colors. So when I I went from purple to pink, for example, in between those two colors, I did a couple inches of the Gumball Love Mm -hmm. because it has all sorts of different colors colors. in it on a very light background. (laughs) So this is just happy place knitting. It just makes me so happy. And I'm on blues right now. So I have this whole little tiny bag or I have this whole bag of little tiny mini skeins from various knockers retreats, various friends who have given them to me, nice. various leftovers, various mini skein sets that I bought. And it's so much fun because you go through these little mini skeins so fast. Yeah. So it's kind of instant gratification because you're changing colors all the time. <laughs> and I'm using the fun. weft clasp weave, I think is what it's called, to change colors, mm-hmm. which I'll put a link to that in the Ravelry group or the Ravelry thread for this episode. It's super simple. You just kind of wrap the two colorways together and knit with them both for a little while. And then you don't have to weave in ends. So that's magical because otherwise there would be 7,000 ends to weave in, which is not my kind of thing. (laughs) So that's the bits and bobs blanket. And the other thing I cast on. So if we rewind to January, I knit Josie's sweater for Christmas, and then I knit Olivia's sweater for Christmas. And I was kind of lacking in knitting mojo when I was done with those gifts. I just was not, I wanted to knit. I just didn't know what I wanted to knit. So the blanket helped a lot. And then I knew I wanted to knit the Markley sweater by Elizabeth Doherty using my Western Sky Knits tweed sock. I was all psyched to knit that before stitches. And I cast on and I knit the few inches of back before you start to do other things. And I just completely lost my mojo. I was completely, every time I looked at it, I was like, eh, 
I just want to knit my blanket. <laughs> so that poor Markley has been started and completely abandoned for the blanket and sorrel. You'll get back so to it. I will get back to it. But yeah, that was just one of those, you know, you're not quite in the right mood for a project sometimes. Yeah, so, I do. Yeah, I do. And so, I still want to cast on a Markley. So who knows? Maybe we'll be knitting Markley together yeah, too. Yeah, first sorrel and then Markley. Who <laughs> yes. knows? And what have you finished since the last time we talked about our finished objects? A couple things, but the first one took me three attempts to get a finished object. (laughs) (laughs) And that is a simple hat. It is a free pattern called Lenny, free pattern on Ravelry, I should say, by Isabel Kramer. And it was released right before the holidays, knit in a fingering and a mohair held together. And I have scraps of that from the couple sweaters that I have knit. Specifically, I had enough scraps left over from my last love note that I knit. The last love note that I knit, I just used partials of the last skeins. So I had, I think, over half left of the fingering skein and and maybe about half left of the mohair skein. And the leftovers, it was enough for this hat. And I started it twice. And both times, it was way too big. It just, I knit enough of it so that I could try it on. And it was loose on my head. I was very unhappy with it. I could not figure out why I was not getting a tight enough fabric. But I ended up going down a needle size and casting on fewer stitches to make it work for me. Who knows? Maybe I just knit that fabric way too loose. (laughs) So I did end up getting a finished hat that I was very happy with, but it took me three tries. (laughs) Yeah, you were getting a little frustrated. I could tell by a text. I was, yes. The second thing I have finished is my Ellery Pullover, which is a pattern by Elizabeth Doherty. And I did knit this one very fast because it is knit to a gauge of 18 stitches to 4 inches, which comes together very fast. And you probably never even stopped this, or did you? I think I stopped it. I can't remember if I actually talked about casting it on on the podcast or not. I think I did, but it seemed to me like it just went so fast. It did go. You talked about it, and then it was done, and my head was swirling. (laughs) Now Ellery is a circular yoke pullover with slip stitch patterning, so it is all one color on the yoke, no color work, but textural pattern around the yoke. I quite like it. I knit mine in a cotton wool blend that is not from not the coast cotton wool blend. Shocking, I know. I am shocked. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> but it is another blend from Yoth yarn called Best Friends. I've never used this yarn before. I held it doubled. I used two different colors. One is a gray and one is either a warm gray or a light tan brown color, natural color. And I held them together and I love the way they look together. Very, very interesting. Totally different yarn from the yarn that Elizabeth used in her sample. And I knew that going into it and I was prepared to rip it out if it didn't work. But I really like it, even knowing that Probably the slip stitch pattern would show up better and something more solid. I just really loved the way it was coming out. So I kept going and I wanted to try it out anyway because I do want to eventually knit a wool version of this sweater. So I finished all the knitting. I'm actually sitting here finishing weaving in ends right now. And the final thing that I need to do is wash it and throw it in the dryer because my swatch did shrink in length. Oh, that's right. I remember that. So this is a kind of a test for me because I tried to figure out the percentage based on my swatch and then figure out how much extra I should knit. 
And I have to admit, I'm probably not very good at that kind of math, but my sweater did, I did knit it a little longer than it will be after washing, I hope. But I do need to wash it, toss it in the dryer. So I did wash my swatch and toss it in the dryer. I actually tossed it through the dryer twice to make sure that I got all the information from it that I could and to make sure that it really dried well to figure out the shrinkage. Because I did have a feeling since it has a cotton portion to the yarn, I had a feeling that it would shrink in length. So that will be the last thing that I do. And then I will be able to wear my sweater. I'm excited to see that one on. I'm I'm excited too. It's much, much lighter in terms of warmth, I think, of course, because it's cotton instead of 100% wool. So I did, I made it with somewhat of a spring sweater mm -hmm. in mind more than a winter sweater. And so the sleeves will probably shrink a little bit in length as well, because I made my sleeves also slightly longer. So I'm very excited to see how that turns out. Yeah, fun experiment. <laughs> like I said, yes, yeah. it's definite experiment because it, it is a new yarn. And if it doesn't shrink as much as I think, I'll probably just go back and just manually take some length off and re-knit the edging, the ribbing. We'll see. Yeah, your ribbing isn't too deep. So no, it would be, it, it would be very easy to do. So... That is Ellery by Elizabeth Doherty. What have you finished, Gail? I also finished a hat and sweater. So I finished my copycat CC beanie by the designer Emily Ingrid, which is a free pattern on Ravelry. And this is the one I saw a woman at a local restaurant wearing it. She oh, yes. knit it with a messy <laughs> bun top so she could pull her hair through the top. And I was so enamored with the whole look that I just wanted to knit one for myself right away. And I love how it turned out. I've never knit a messy bun hat before. And her instructions in the pattern are brilliant. She basically says at whatever point there's, a, it's designated in the pattern. I just can't remember when, but when you're doing the decreases, you take a, an elastic hair tie and you weave it through the stitches and then you tie it closed and then your hat is finished. And it, is great. It's super easy to do. And my hair comes right through the top of that. Really? It's that easy. Yeah. Wow. I'm picturing that, trying to picture that in my head, how that works out. It's great. But you said she had good instructions. So it, I'm, that, it's I'm... that simple though. <laughs> as soon as you're to the point where you want the whole size yeah. to work for your hair, you just leave the stitches live. You take that hair tie, cut it, you cut it so that it's a long strip instead of a circle. And then you weave it through the live stitches, right. take them off the needle, and tie that hair tie closed. Oh, wow. Pretty cool. Brilliant, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's fun because one of at the gym where I teach my spin classes, I teach on Saturdays. And every Saturday, there's a young woman who works there who's a crocheter. And one of her friends made her a knit CC beanie. And she was trying to reproduce it with crochet and oh. she said i just can't get the ponytail part right oh. and i said well here you go i just <laughs> you know i just started knitting this hat and she and i have been comparing hats and she tried the same hair tie trick and she said it was just Brilliant. fantastic awesome so there you go awesome so when i knit the twist mist hat that's the technique i'm going to use to finish it off as a messy bun hat <laughs> So there you go. Excellent. Yeah. Great pattern, great instructions. And there have been a lot of these hats knit. It's a really simple knit. It was fun. And I love the hat. I love it. It's fantastic. So that's the Copycat CC Beanie by Emily Ingrid. And then I finished the Wee Malia for Olivia pattern by Yasolda Teague. And I knit that with the Western Sky Knits Merino 17 Worsted in the Wine colorway, which is a beautiful, deep burgundy. And I had to do the hem, redo the hem three times. So modifications. It has a cable that runs all the way up the sweater, around the hood, and back down. And it also runs along the hem. 
Well, I changed that cable and instead used the kisses and hugs, X's and O's mm-hmm. cable, which Alex noticed immediately and loved. <laughs> and I wanted to put the X's and O's in the hem. But the first time I attempted it, what happened? It, they looked too stretched out. So I did the cable and then I ended it with an I-cord bind off at the end mm-hmm. because the whole sweater has a built-in I-cord. But when I was done with it, it made the X's and O's look too stretched out and I wasn't happy with it. So when I went up to Spokane for Olivia's first birthday, I brought the sweater with me and I asked for opinions and Alex is like, well, I think it's really pretty like this. And I said, you know, I can do better than that. (laughs) So I brought it home and I tore it out and I tried different ways of doing it. And then finally what I decided, and I think this is how the pattern was written in the first place, was to do a folded hem. So I did... The kisses and hugs cable, and then I knit more and folded it under Mm -hmm. and seamed it closed, and it was so cute. That worked out perfectly. It worked out perfectly. And like I said, when it got there, everybody gushed about it. Alex and all of her friends and family just love the sweater. It's adorable. It fits her perfectly. It'll fit her for quite a while because I made the sleeves very long and I knit it very long. Olivia is a very tall child already. She's like off the growth charts. She's so big. And I hope when she starts walking, it will still, it will fit better around her circumference. Right. So right now it does fit and it only has a closure at the very top. If it had to close button all the way down her, it might be pretty tight around her belly, but I think she'll slim out a little bit when she starts walking and then the length and all that will work out. So that is the Wee Malia by Yasolda Teague and it turned out perfectly. Last episode, we talked about how to pick a pattern, and we had a tremendous response with lots of comments and discussion, more questions from folks that they would like us to talk about that we will discuss in future episodes, and a couple comments that we would like to mention this episode as follow-ups to the previous discussion. And some of the ones that we'll talk about in much greater length, some of the, somewhere along this yes. next year, yes. are modifications. So there were quite a few questions about modifications mm-hmm. to sweaters, which Charlene is a fearless modifier of patterns. <laughs> I am a trepidatious one, but I'm getting much better about it. I am a fearless modifier because I have no fear of ripping. Yes. <laughs> Not just no fear of it, but it doesn't bother you in any way. It doesn't way. bother me at yeah. all. Whereas many of us, yeah. myself included, it just irks me to rip back my work <laughs> because that was time I put into it. But it, it I'm is. getting better about it. Yeah, it's time, but it's worth it to have a sweater you, you like better. You want to wear it. You want to wear it. And you want it to be right. Exactly. Because if it's, at least for me, if it's not right, I won't wear it. Exactly. So I have learned that the hard way. If it's not right, I won't wear it. So might as well rip it out. Exactly. All right. And we are going to talk more about fitting sweaters too. There were some questions about fitting your sweater, whether you go for your bust measurement or your upper bust measurement and that's a really good question yeah and sizing in general i think continues to be confusing and i just wanted to mention that one of the reasons i think that sizing is confusing is because patterns have measurements and then some have letter sizes also some patterns give you a recommended ease and some don't. And the important thing to remember about all of the above, whether a pattern has a number or a letter, or usually it's both. And by letter, I mean S, M, L, so small, small medium, medium, large, large right. that kind of thing. And a number would be the usually the measurement in either inches or centimeters. Right, right. And usually that corresponds to a bust measurement. And the important thing to remember about both those sizing techniques is that there really is no universal right way standard there's no standard that's exactly it there's no standard for patterns some patterns will be clear about whether the pattern includes the recommended ease for example and some won't some patterns may be a 28 inch bust and call that a small a small 
Some patterns may be a 36 inch bust and call that a smile, a small. So you really have to look carefully. In general, the num the letters are meaningless. Right. I often wonder why designers use them at all because most of the time the letters seem to confuse people mm-hmm. who are already confused about sizes. Then they get hung up on whether I'm a small right. or I'm a large. I'm always a large, I've seen many people say, and this pattern doesn't fit me. And Well, did you look at the measurements? No, I'm always a large. So, and yeah, you don't, can... Don't be fooled. Don't Yes, don't be fooled. And like I mentioned, some patterns will be clear whether the pattern includes the recommended ease, some won't. That's frustrating. That's frustrating. Yeah. But what that should tell you is that you do need to look at the measurements. Yep. You need to look at the schematic. Some patterns will give you two sets of measurements. Some patterns will... The, the patterns that give you two sets of measurements... There's a finished size of the garment. So the garment will measure this size if you knit it to this gauge. And then they'll have a second set of measurements that say to fit a certain number size. So in that case, then it's kind of figuring out your ease for you. And you should still go by your measurement as opposed to picking a sweater size in a case like that. So you need to pay close attention. Schematics are your friend because they should tell you the actual size of the garment. And I just have to interrupt here. I'm trying not to laugh because now I am laughing. Charlene is holding Nani, her bird, on her hand because Nani really wanted to participate in the podcast. (laughs) So to keep her at a, a... lower decibel level she's sitting on charlene's fingers and then the cats started to have fun outside they were just like running around and you could hear the collar on popo who's walking through the kitchen right now it's just so funny it's like all of the animals all of a sudden were like play with me yes yes so back to ease sorry and schematics (laughs) so always look at your pattern armed with your measurement if you have a similar fit garment that you like the way that garment fits, have that measurement also. Compare both of those to the schematic. Read the pattern page. Look for phrases such as to fit or intended to fit. And if the pattern has two sets of measurements, it is likely that the ease is built into the pattern. And if the ease is not built in, then you need to pick your size based on the ease you want to have or the ease that the way that you want the sweater to fit you newer patterns i've noticed are often suggesting ease Mm -hmm. which is really nice some of them even tell you how much ease their sample has on the model show i love that i do too yeah many don't and so you have to decide how you want a garment to fit and check projects is always the best way And when looking at projects, look for similar body types and see if any modifications were made. Perhaps people with similar body types to you have all made a similar modification. So that will tell you a lot right there. Yeah. Yeah. And not only are thinking of ease and looking at the finished projects, there's a new one. A pattern that just came out today that we didn't have time to stock. But Charlene and I are already stocking it. And I instantly looked at the 10 finished projects and I could tell right away there's Popo shaking his collar. Um, and he doesn't usually come in and visit us when we're podcasting. No, he doesn't. So this one particular sweater, it's a Hohe design and I typically knit her designs with a little less ease than she does on her own pattern pictures. So the ones on her pattern page that she is wearing the garment. I usually take out some of that ease, but I looked at the different finished object pictures. And I think in this case, I'm gonna go with the ease that she has for her version because I like the way it fits her so much. So it's very helpful to look through the different pictures to get an idea, especially when the 
designer is telling you, I'm wearing size, whatever, and my bust is this measurement. Super helpful. And the shoulder versus bust measurement. So I don't have a very big difference between my upper bust and my actual bust measurement. So I'm not very big in my chest, which I'm perfectly content with. So for me, I can usually pick the size that is the same as my bust. But for women who have a big difference between the two, it's important to to try things on and know the look that you like. And typically, you're going to knit to your upper bust measurement instead of your actual bust measurement. It's typically your upper bust, and then you might need to do some modifications like darts, knit darts to accommodate if you have a fuller bust. So a lot of people will knit a sweater, they pick the sweater size based on their full bust, and then be frustrated because it doesn't fit right in their upper body. So that's another thing to consider when you're looking at the chest or bust measurement, considering your shape and size and the difference between those two upper bust and actual bust measurements. Because you can knit something that will fit a larger cup size and then be too big on the shoulders. Exactly. So that's always a frustrating thing to have a very over, the sweater is basically oversized everywhere, but in your, your actual bust area. And that's not a look that most people are going for. So it's another thing to consider. (laughs) The two cats are just totally attacking each other outside the door and she has glass doors in the back. Oh my goodness, they're having such a good time. Uh, So the only other thing I did want to mention is someone asked the question about what makes a good sweater fabric. And she Mm. mentioned that Amy Herzog has a recommendation about a poke test where poking your finger through the fabric and something like that. Well, I would say your fabric totally depends on your gauge and what you're trying to accomplish with any given garment. So I think a poke test might apply in some patterns and probably not in most. So we've talked about gauge a lot. We'll probably touch on it again this year in this whole sweater series. However, it can vary from project to project what you want your sweater fabric to be. So Charlene just finished knitting a sweater that was made for a worsted weight gauge, but she used two yarns held together that probably normally wouldn't be used for that same size gauge sweater because Mm -hmm. she was going for a certain effect. So to the person who asked that question about a good sweater fabric, I would say it varies pretty much project to project. Yeah. So there is no pat answer to that question, (laughs) which is kind of frustrating sometimes, but it's worth doing the gauge swatch to see the different fabric that you're getting and identify what fabric you want for a given sweater before you invest all the time into knitting it and then being disappointed when it's done. Agree. So check out the discussion on Ravelry. There's more there and we'll be bringing up more in future episodes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. We have a bunch of different topics picked out and I'm excited about all of them. (laughs) Very excited. And Stitches West is coming up in February, February 20th through 23rd in Santa Clara, California. Gail and I will be there. And just like previous years, we will be gathering together in the convention center slash hotel bar area on Saturday, the 22nd from about 1 p.m. onward. Barb and Tracy from the two Knit Lit Chicks will be there as well. And sometimes folks from our group or listeners will gather around lunchtime and just stay through. So there will, there probably will be people gathering there earlier, but about one o'clock for sure. And then depending on how it goes, we'll be there throughout the afternoon i'm sure some of us will also be taking dips back onto the show floor (laughs) to partake of items there after we have shared what we have all purchased yeah this is how it usually goes everybody sits down exhausted yes yes we all eat we all have something to drink and regain our strength because (laughs) you're high on your arm fumes and you're exhausted from walking the floor so you need a little recovery time and then everyone starts to show off what they've purchased (laughs) 
And then everybody oohs and ahs. We all knit for a little while to get our equilibrium back. And then we say, now will you show me what you bought again? Where did you get that? What booth was it? And then we all go and then back people and people start drifting off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing how that here. happens. There was only one skein left. And then yeah. someone disappears for about 20 minutes. <laughs> and they come back very happily holding their new purchase. There's none left now. <laughs> And if you are going and you won't be there on Saturday and you want to meet up with us, let us know because we're going to be out and about. We are not working in any particular booth at any well, particular we'll time in, this year. At, not at any particular time, but we will be working off and on in the Western Sky Knits booth. That's always kind of our home base. Yes. So if nothing else, check there because we'll be in and out of that booth the whole weekend. Yeah, the whole weekend. But also contact us on Ravelry if you want to meet up and let us know because we love meeting you (laughs) or seeing you again if we've met you before. (laughs) All right. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Happy knitting. Happy knitting as we head into February. Gosh, tomorrow. Yes. Oh, that's really scary. And Max (laughs) turns 18 next week. Yeah. I have an, all my kids are technically adults wow. as of next week. That's really scary. Okay, on that happy note, happy knitting, thanks for everyone. listening. Bye-bye. Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniax.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniax Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gailey Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gailey Whaley.